0: Are you a risk taker or do you not like taking risks at all? Let me ask you this. Do you think it takes a lot of faith to take risks or you think it's kind of, Uh, putting God to the test to take a risk. Well, we're going to talk about that today in this week's episode. We pray that you are doing well. Hopefully things are going great and uh, hopefully the Lord is working in your lives. Thanks for joining us this week. We are getting close to that magical number of 100 uh, episodes here at uh, Guarding the Well And uh, well, Guarding the Well was the first name, um, but I changed it to Devotions with Pastor James. Uh, But the website is still named Guarding the Well, and uh, we're close to 100 episodes. And I want to know if you could uh, help me out with something. I would greatly appreciate this. Uh, If you have been blessed by any of these podcasts in uh, the past, if you don't mind uh, liking, subscribing, sharing it uh, with somebody else would greatly appreciate that. It would be a huge, huge blessing to me. And um, also, if there has been an episode that has been uh, a blessing to you that you liked, or maybe the Lord spoke to you uh, uh, about an issue going on in your life with that episode, would you let us know? Uh, we would love to hear the feedback. Uh, you could email us at guardingthewell.com. Uh. will you can check us out at guardingthewell.com, but you could email us at guardingthewell at gmail.com. Uh, we would love to hear from you. And, um, what I would love to do when we get, uh, that 100 episode in is I'm going to start to, um, as a bonus episode during the week, just re-release some of the top downloaded episodes we've had. But if you have a favorite, I would love to hear what that is. Uh, if the Lord used that in your life and, um, We'll we'll go from that, and maybe we could uh, send that back out. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you. But did you know that me doing this podcast was actually a risk for me? Uh, as you can tell, I'm not the. I have a speech impediment that that rears its ugly head every once in a while, and I fumble over my words. Uh, I'm actually a very shy person, and for me to sit here and record a podcast, uh, it is very much outside of my comfort zone, but it was something the Lord put on my heart. I'm like, "Ah, I'll try it, see if I like it, and so that is what I've done, and we are about eight episodes away, no, maybe six episodes now uh, that I'm thinking about it, away from 100 episodes, and it was a risk. What about you? Have you ever taken a godly risk? this podcast is one for me the first book that I wrote a father's love where is God in the storms of life that was a risk for me I know I didn't write I had no idea how to write a book and maybe you could agree with me if you pick that up and read it uh, you could find it over at the website uh, there's a link for it there if, you, if you're interested but godly risks have you ever taken one you're like oh no not me. I'm not a risk taker. I don't take risks. I'm very conservative. I I lay back. Or maybe you are the quite the opposite, and you're going, "Oh, I I take risks all the time. Every day I take risks." And I think there's a good balance between uh, taking risks and not taking risks. But for a lot of us, and I say this from pastoring a church for uh, the last 16 uh, years or so, is a lot of followers of Jesus don't take enough risks, and that includes myself. Uh, We need to be taking risks because it is in our risk-taking that we show our faith in the Lord and we show our dependence in Him and upon Him. Now, that doesn't mean we just, you know, Jump off a cliff or something along those lines. There still needs to be uh, uh, some prayer. There still needs to be discernment in that. But at times we still need to be taking a risk, and I want to I want to share that with you today, and I want to show you a great example of that. And it's found way back in the book of 1 Samuel, First Samuel chapter fourteen, and this is before David is king. A gentleman by the name of Saul is king, and he he hasn't fallen off as rocker yet. What I mean by that is Saul started off well as a king, uh, but he ended very, very poorly. Um, but Saul had uh, a son named Jonathan who was David's best friend. And David would have been a great king, at least in my mind. Uh, From what we can gather from the scriptures, Dave, uh, Jonathan was a godly man, a great fighter, a leader, a man that other men respected and followed, and they are battling uh, the Philistines. The Philistines are the, the enemy of the nation of Israel, and I want to read something to you, a couple of things from you. It's from 1 Samuel chapter 14, if you're interested but 1 Samuel chapter 14, verse 2 says this, Saul, that's King Saul, was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah under a pomegranate tree in Migron. With him were about 600 men, among whom was Avijah, Ab- who was wearing an ephod. right? And what we read there is this, it is a battle. The Saul is fighting the, the Philistines, and, and they're fighting, and they're battling. But this day, we find King Saul sitting underneath a pomegranate tree. Well, what do you do when you're sitting underneath a pomegranate tree? You're doing absolutely nothing. You're just sitting there. Um, maybe you're eating a pomegranate. I don't know. But we're given this picture of Saul is just sitting there. Um we're not told he's seeking the Lord. He, we're not told that he's praying. We're not told that he's putting together a plan to attack his enemies, defend his people. Nothing along those lines. Saul is just sitting there doing absolutely nothing. But then a couple verses later, we come across Saul's son, Jonathan, who was one of the main leaders, general, if you would, in Saul's army. And you go to verse six and we read this, Jonathan, remember he is Saul's son, said to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the outpost of those uncircumcised fellows. Perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. Now, pause right there. Jonathan is completely different than his father, Saul. Jonathan is one of those people that's like, I'm done. I'm not sitting around. I I can't do this anymore. Do you have anybody like that? Uh, my one son, my second board, uh, who is uh, twelve at the time of this recording, cannot sit still at all. Maybe half asleep, and still will want to get up and do stuff. He cannot, and it drives me absolutely insane. Like you, you need to rest at times, but he can't sit still. He he has to be doing. Jonathan was that type of person. And he's just at that point where he's done waiting for his father, Saul, to do something, anything. And so what Jonathan does, and the great part is, if you you read this section, Jonathan doesn't tell anybody that he's doing it. His dad doesn't know. The rest of the army doesn't know. The other generals don't know. He tells absolutely no one except for his armor bearer. And what he says to his armor bearer is this. He goes, hey, Let's you and I go over to the outpost. And what's the outpost? It's where the other, it's where the army is at. The, the, the other army, the enemy army, the Philistine army. It's a little area that would probably have a couple dozen soldiers in it as an outpost, and they're the enemies. And Jonathan goes, Hey, let's go over there and perhaps the Lord will act in our behalf. Notice what Jonathan says there. He goes, Perhaps he doesn't know if God is going to do something or not. He just goes, perhaps. What is this? It's a risk. It's an absolute risk that Jonathan is taking. Just him and an armor bearer are going to go over and try to fight a couple dozen enemy soldiers. It's a risk. But you know what it also is? It's an act of faith. You see, God does not come to Jonathan in any way, shape, or form that we know of and tells him to do this. Jonathan is like, we have to do something. Jonathan goes, I trust the Lord, so let's you and I do something and see if God will act in our favor. This is faith, and this is also a great example for you and I, that daily that you and I should wake up and go, okay, let's do this. Maybe, perhaps, the Lord will act. Perhaps God will do something. You see, you and I, we don't know if God will do anything unless we try. You and I, we so often get so afraid to try, to do something different, to do something that is outside of our comfort zones, because maybe we don't want to fail. Maybe we don't want to mess up. But what about the other side of that coin? What if we don't fail? What if we don't mess up? what if God actually does something? What if he works? We get so afraid to step out in faith, and because of that, God doesn't work through our lives as he wants to. You see, God wants to partner with you. He wants to do things alongside of you. He wants you to be doing things with him. I have four kids, And I love when my kids want to do something with me, whether it is play a board game, whether it is play uh, catch out in the yard, whether it is just to ride our bikes, but to partner alongside of me and to do something with me. I love that as a dad. And guess what? Your heavenly father loves the same thing. Your heavenly father wants the same thing. He wants to do things with you. He doesn't need us, but he wants to do things with you and I. But if we're not willing to do anything, if we're not willing to go, okay, perhaps God wants me to lead that person to Christ today. Let me go talk to him. Perhaps God will do this. Let me step out and see. If we don't do those things, guess what? God's going to use somebody else. Not because God won't use you, not because God won't do it through you, but simply because you won't do anything. And so when we won't do anything, God still wants to accomplish his plan. And so what does he do? He uses somebody else. At times, more than we like to admit, you and I are King Saul. We're just sitting and waiting for God to do something. Instead of being Jonathan going, okay, let me do something and see if God is in it. If God is not in it, then guess what? We've tried, we stepped out in faith, we left the results to God, and we tried. We did what we could do. But guess what? If God is in it, he's going to make himself known. But here's the question Why does Jonathan have this faith? Where does this faith come from? Why does Jonathan take this calculated risk? Well, notice what he says after this. He goes, perhaps the Lord will act on our behalf. And and listen to this. He goes, nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by many or by few. And that is key to Jonathan uh, and what he does here. It's his faith in the Lord. He goes, nothing can hinder the Lord. Stop right there. Do you believe that? Would you agree with Jonathan that nothing can hinder the Lord Whether it is cancer, whether it is death, whether it's uh, the the person that you wanted to be in the White House or not, that a plague or financial issues or whatever the case may be, do you think there's something that can hinder the Lord working in and through you, your life? See, we forget who God is when hardships come, and we become fearful. We lose sight of God and who he is when things are hard. And because of that, you stop walking in faith and you go by sight. Jonathan goes, guess what? Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving, whether by few or or, or many. Jonathan is saying this. God can use the two of us just as he can use 200 or 500 or 600 or 10,000 men. Jonathan goes, the numbers don't matter to God because he can do whatever he wants. And that is true for you as well. God can do what he wants with anything and anyone. Jesus turned the world upside down with 12 men. The world is still reeling about what 12 men did following Jesus. It's a movement that is still going on. And yes, I know it is God working in all of it, and that is the key. God is working in all of it. He is the key for all of it. You see, our numbers, your numbers, or get this, your abilities or disabilities do not limit God at all. Let me say that to you again. Your abilities or disabilities don't hinder God. They don't limit God at all. And so if you're sitting there going, well, I can't step out in faith to try this or to do that because of, then guess what? You're not doubting yourself. You're doubting God. As I said at the beginning of this podcast, I have a speech impediment, and it shows up especially when I'm tired. Um, there are times where I can't get the words are in my my mind, but I can't get them to my tongue and out of my mouth. I have to pause, and that's why you know if I were to like spend a lot of time editing these podcasts to make them like. Be, you know, studio quality stuff. I would need hours to do that because I would be editing a lot because there's so much openness because I can't get words from my brain to my mouth as quickly as a normal person can, a lot of the times. I struggle with that, and I struggle with how to say things, or I will uh, rearrange words and things along those lines, and so for me to be a pastor who publicly speaks all the time, I teach publicly at least 150 times every year, and then to record a podcast on top of that with a speech impediment, that, that doesn't make sense, and I would agree with you, but you know what? My disability, and I I don't even want to use that phrase because my son has a disability. He's in a wheelchair. He can't walk. But my disabilities, and I use that term very loosely, doesn't limit God. It doesn't hinder God, and neither does yours. Maybe you have a speech impediment. Maybe you're like my son. You can't walk. Maybe you can't move your arms. Maybe you can't speak. But you know what? Your disabilities don't limit God working in your life or through you. They don't hinder you at all. Because God is the, and I I always think back to Moses, where God says, Moses, I'm the one that has given you your eyes and your ears and your mouth. God is the one that has created you and he, God does not make any mistakes. And so we have to look at our disadvantages and realize that God has given them to us for a certain reason for us to use for his glory. And God will use you with all your abilities and your disabilities, for his glory. And when we realize that nothing can hinder God, then, and only then, do we have the faith to step out in in faith and go, you know what, I'm going to take this risk, this calculated risk, because I think that this is what God wants me to do. And it doesn't matter what I can or can't do, because God can do what he wants in light of me and in spite of me and through me no matter what. And so are you taking calculated risks in your life to glorify the Lord and to step out in faith? Or are you sitting back like Saul and going, Eh, I'll just wait for the Lord? So who are you? Are you a Saul or are you a Jonathan? Are you a Saul of sitting back waiting, doing nothing for the Lord? Or are you a Jonathan going, you know what? I'm going to step out in faith, and perhaps God will do something. I promise you, if you start to step out in faith more and allow God to work, you're actually going to see God working in and through your life. And so I pray that you'd become more of a Jonathan today than a Saul. Pray that you are, uh, that this has been a blessing to you. And if so, uh, let us know. Uh, We would love to hear from you. And if you don't mind, hit that like button, Uh, leave us a comment, subscribe to this podcast, share it with somebody else. Uh, That would be a great blessing and encouragement to us here uh, at Weekly Devotions with Pastor James. And so we pray that you have a great day, a great week. Go be a Jonathan. Take care.